Storytelling is marketing's oxygen. Your brand cannot survive without it. Hi, my name is Nyquia, and I am the founder of The Marketing Profit, a global digital marketing agency. I have mastered the art of storytelling and marketing strategy from the greatest storyteller of all time. Yes, girl, you got that right. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. The Scriptures, Stories, and Strategies podcast is here to help faith-based content creators create a universal community within their online business that sparks engagement, prompts actions, and generates income using lessons from the only business book you really need, your Bible. Let's begin. Hello, Faith-Fueled friend, and welcome back to another Faith-Fueled episode. If you are new, hey, I am your host, Nyquia, and if you skip past my podcast introduction, you probably have no clue who I am. I am the founder of The Marketing Profit, which is an SEO and content marketing agency, a business educational platform, and a faith-based global community for freedom, fiending female entrepreneurs who love to mix business with Christianity. So if that sounds like a community you see yourself a part of, then you would love this podcast because scripture stories and strategies is all about using the Bible as your number one business book. Okay. Can you guys believe we are in season three of scripture stories and strategies? I am beyond blessed for this opportunity to share God's word with you on this platform And I'm truly grateful, guys, for you who is listening to this podcast right now. I honestly never expected my podcast to grow as fast as it did. And I wanted to reach more Christian entrepreneurs. So if any of these episodes resonates with you, please share it to someone else who may need to hear the message as well. I'd love um, if you also would leave a comment about what you love about the podcast and how it has helped you infuse more of your faith into your business, any suggestions for future episodes, any suggestions for future guests, ratings and comments to give my podcast a chance to reach more people and make a bigger impact. And I would personally greatly appreciate the feedback as well. So season three is going to be filled with even more exciting guests and great topics. And I'm so excited for you to hear each episode I have planned for this season. So to kick off season three, I wanted to use this first episode to talk about why it's important to run your business like King Solomon did his kingdom, especially during the Queen of Sheba visit. So we're going to talk about that in a few. So particularly in the Bible for this story, I'll be referring to Second Chronicles, mostly in chapter nine. So if you want to read along with me, that's where most of the content uh, from the scripture is going to come from. Once again, that's Second Chronicles chapter nine. You guys know that I use the NIV version, which is the new international version, but use any version of the biblical text that's easier for you to understand and comprehend. So as always, you know, if you're a longtime listener of mine, I love to kick off this episode or any episode with a verse from scripture that supports the topic and today's verse. So today's verse comes from Jeremiah uh, chapter one, verse five. And it says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, God approved you and called you prophet. So funny enough, this is one of the scriptures that represents how I founded the marketing prophet. I leverage this scripture to show others how I use my divine gifts and or my spiritual gifts in administration, 
which is actually my dominant spiritual gift, as well as my supplementary gifts, uh, which are teaching and prophecy. And I basically use this scripture to help others see a quote unquote prophet. So P-R-O-F-I-T <laughs> um, in their business while also infusing Christianity into the foundation of their business. So this scripture means a lot to me personally for my business brand. So also speaking of spiritual gifts, so there are actually seven spiritual gifts. And if you are curious on what they are and how you can utilize your spiritual gift in business, I recommend you listen to my series I did in season one called Spiritual Gifts in Business. There's three parts and uh, that break down what spiritual gifts are. The second one breaks down how to determine what your spiritual gift is. And your third one is in the third part is how to use your spiritual gift within business to bring people back to God. So I did a whole series on that. If you're curious to know what the seven spiritual gifts are and what they are and which ones you have and how to use them. Okay, so let's dive into the topic. If you guys hear me like drinking off to the side, it's because my mouth is kind of dry. So (laughs) I'm just drinking my water like I'm about to do now. Woo. Okay. Okay. So let's dive into the topic of this episode. So why should you run your business like King Solomon did his kingdom? Um, I'm actually going to list five different reasons why you need to run your business like King Solomon did his kingdom. But first, if you are unfamiliar with who King Solomon was, let me break down his character for you real quick. You guys know if you're new, you don't know this, but my longtime listeners, you know, I love history. So I always love to, if I'm introducing a biblical character, um, a biblical, I hate the word character because it sounds nonfiction. So, um, because these are real people. So if I ever introduce a person from the Bible, I love to give you a background story on who they are, just in case you don't know. So, um, excuse me. So the name Solomon is actually, oops, I almost knocked my cup over. Sorry if you guys heard that. Um, so the name Solomon is a variant of Shalom, which actually means peaceful. And interestingly enough, Solomon's reign was characterized by peace and stability. Solomon was known as the wisest and wealthiest man who ever lived. He was one of the many sons of King David and the first surviving son from Bathsheba. He was the third king of Israel, and you may know him best for being the king who built the first temple. Uh, This temple became known as one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Also keep in mind that Solomon was also responsible for many other cultural and architectural architectural I can't say that word. Architectural. I have a lisp, so you guys know what I mean. Architecture, okay? Um, Achievements that drew visitors from literally all over the world. He is also known as the author behind some of the parts of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, which, interestingly enough, are two out of three of the books of wisdom. And he actually may be the key subject of the book of Song of Solomon. So his reign was approximately between 971 to 931 BC. Now, like most people in the Bible, they have good and bad character traits. And Solomon wasn't exempt. He was human at the end of the day. We all make mistakes. So just like his father, David, he disregarded some of God's rules when it comes to, for example, woman or, or temptation. 
But this episode isn't focused on that. Honestly, overall, he was considered a good king and he ran his kingdom in a similar way we should seek to run our business. So I'm going to break down five main points or five main reasons on how King Solomon ran a successful kingdom and how we can use the same principles to run our business. Okay, so first, to run a successful business, we need wisdom and discernment. At the heart of all business is people, right? So wise leaders and entrepreneurs know how to bring the best out in others and mobilize them to achieve greatness. Wisdom and business goes far beyond just meeting goals, okay? So wise entrepreneurs or like wise leaders, they have certain leadership skills that transcend the everyday requirements of a job. Like, for example, their approach of like decision-making, Wise entrepreneurs do not make one-sided decisions. Instead, they are affected by the varying perceptions of their team, as well as those outside of their business as well. So their decisions are informed by their personal experience and the experience of others, and also take into account what is good um, not only for their business, like they also take into account what is good not for their only their business, but for society as a whole, which is very important. Wise entrepreneurs and leaders model and encourage free thinking, which is huge, and risk-taking, which is very big in business. You have to take risks in order to succeed um, because they believe testing theories and arguing outcomes actually help cultivate wisdom for all involved. Now, gaining wisdom does take time. It does not happen overnight, but everyone has the capacity to become wiser. So bringing it back to King Solomon, the first thing he prayed and asked God for was drum roll <laughs> wisdom so if you take a look at first kings chapter 3 verses 7 through 14 i'm actually going to read it and if you're in the uh situation to read it along with me you're more than welcome to um but i'm gonna go ahead and read it so once again that's first kings chapter 3 and i'm gonna read from verse 17 i mean from verse 7 to 14 so it says now lord my god You have made your servant king in place of my father, David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people who have chosen a great people too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discernment heart, a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, but both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. So the first thing Solomon asked for was wisdom. And like I have mentioned before, wisdom plays a huge role and business or just being a leader in general so 
we also see his wisdom take place in discernment in a uh in the section called a wise ruling which is in chapter three as well this is also uh what he uses so discernment is like good decision making or making good choices and looking at both sides of the story so that's actually a really good story so i recommend that you actually read that on your own time i won't go into that today but it is a good story it's right after that section i actually just read So what can we learn about gaining wisdom is that first and foremost, wisdom comes from God. So if you desire wisdom, ask God for it. And if it's in his will for your life and how he wants you to apply it, then it shall be given to you. So the second way to run your business like King Solomon did his kingdom is to create valuable and unique services with a good return on investment and that solves the problem of your target audience. So basically your services uh, should be valuable and hard to come by or like replicate. And it should basically be valuable as pure gold, similar to the valuable materials Solomon used to build the temple for God. He didn't just use any just easy to come by materials. No, like this was a temple for a God. This was God's temple. So he only used the best of the best. For example, the same way your services should be the best of the best and they they shouldn't be easy to replicate. They shouldn't be easy to get or other people shouldn't have the same services as you. They should be unique and valuable. So if you actually look at 2 Chronicles chapter 17, I believe I'm actually going to flip there now. Um, So it's 2 Chronicles Let's see, verses 17 through 20 of, what is it, chapter, I think this is chapter 9. Yes, that's chapter 9, sorry. So, all right, so if you look at Second Chron- Chronicles, uh, chapter 9, verses 17 to 20, it says, Then the king made a great throne covered with ivory and overlaid with pure gold. The throne had six steps and a footstool of gold was attached to it. On both sides of the seats were armrests with a lion standing beside each of them. Twelve lions stood on the six steps, one at either end of each step. Nothing like it had ever been made for any other kingdom. All King Solomon's goblets were gold and all the household articles in the palace of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. Nothing was made of silver because silver was considered of little value in Solomon's day. The king had a fleet of trading ships. Actually, no, I'm going to stop there. So um, keep in mind. So I'm going to reiterate that part where it said nothing like it had ever been made for any other kingdom. That should be similar to your services. Like your services should not be found somewhere else. There should be something unique about the services or your products that you are offering that is going to set you different from your competitor. And reading that part again at the end where it says nothing was made of silver because silver was considered of little value in Solomon's day. So think about this as when you're creating a service or a product, it shouldn't be something that... So, for example, if it's a service, it shouldn't be something that somebody can easily Google. Okay, if I can Google how to get the results that your service is promising, or if I can basically learn the same exact thing in your service that I can do online on my own time, then that's not valuable. So, consider silver as um, 
um, equal to non-valuable information. Like your information that you're providing in your course and your service and your, you know, your freebie or even like a product, it should be pure. It should be valuable as gold. It should not be able to be replicated as easy and it should be unique. So <clears throat> the third way to run your business like King Solomon ran his temple, I mean, his um, kingdom is to be good at what you do, that people come to you to seek knowledge. So at the end of the day, you want your business to be that number one choice that pops up in your customer's or client's head. So let's look at Second Chronicles chapter 9, verse 22. So it says, King Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all the other kings of the earth. All the kings of the earth sought audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom God had put in his heart. Year after year, everyone who came brought a gift, articles of silver and gold and robes, weapons and spices and horses and mules. So the fourth way to run your business like King Solomon ran his kingdom is to minimize the barrier of entry for other people to learn for free. So when I say minimize the barrier of entry, like it should not be hard for somebody to gain access to education, just in general, honestly. Um, so when I when I talk about this, it's I'm talking about free resources or free tools that you can provide to your audience to warm them up to what you can really offer if they were to invest within you. So in business, it's important to not only just have services that people pay for, but also educational resources that's really just easy for anyone to access and perfect for those willing to learn on their own uh, first before they seek your service or your product. So having free educational resources is actually a great marketing strategy. So if you don't have one, if you don't have any free uh, educational resources, definitely like write this down. Like today, you need to come up with a free educational resources that you can come out with at least next month. Okay. So giving away information as free resources, which actually can be like free templates, guides, courses, masterclasses, eBooks, or what do you name it? Um, but giving away information as free resources is one of the most effective ways to actually build your audience, establish trust with your clients, get to know your market, you can become more relevant and get your business out there. So it's good for visibility, awareness, it's even good for credibility as well. Um, so taking this back to King Solomon, let's look at Second Chronicles 9, um, chapter 9, verse 27. Okay. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones and cedar as plentiful as sycamore fig trees in the foothills. So this is basically saying that he made the kingdom so rich that everything was easily accessible to the people who lived in the kingdom. The same way or the same approach that we need to be making for resources within our business. So if people aren't ready to invest in us or if people are just stumbling upon our brand or our business, our service or our product, most likely they're not going to purchase right away. Most likely they need to see maybe testimonials or word of mouth or they need to dive into your free resources to see what kind of information you're providing before they trust, they, trust you enough to invest their money within you. 
So the fifth and final way to run your business like King Solomon ran his kingdom is to go above and beyond expectations and provide more than expected so that in return, others will have no choice but to share your achievements. So this technically does not have to be like in the form of sales, like when I talk about achievements, but it can work wonders when it comes to like business testimonials. So business testimonials should never be underestimated. When someone gives your business, your service, your or product, like a testimonial, that means that that person giving it is putting their reputation on the line. If they give a testimonial and the business and like your business doesn't live up to what they have to say, their reputation is also damaged. So what this does, is it's, it creates a very significant bond between your business receiving the testimonial and the individual giving it. So let's refer once again back to King Solomon's kingdom and his visit from the Queen of Sheba. So I'm going to read Second Chronicles chapter nine verses one through nine. Once again, if you are in the situation in a situation where you're able to read along with me. So let me grab my book here. Okay. So it says when the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Arriving with a very great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the Queen of Sheba saw the wisdom of Solomon, as well as the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, the cupbearers in their robes, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord. She was overwhelmed. She said to the king, the report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe what they said until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half the greatness of your wisdom was told was told me. You have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your people must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise to the Lord your God who has delighted, I'm sorry, praise be to the Lord, your God, who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne as king to rule for the Lord, your God, because of the love, because of the love of your God for Israel and his desire to uphold them forever. He has made you king over them to maintain justice and righteousness. So literally that whole section can really be applied to your business and how people perceive it. There's going to be people who look at your business on the outside who probably can't believe all the results you're making or probably can't believe all the testimonials people are saying about you or probably can't believe how much money you know, you're actually bringing in from providing your resources or your services or your products. So there's going to be people who are going to test you. They're going to test you and they're going to test the audience who are saying all the stuff about you. And then if you are running your kingdom, I mean, I'm sorry, if you are running your business like Solomon ran his kingdom, you're going to have people like Queen of Sheba who is going to be appalled by basically what they witnessed. And when you have a, a testimonial from somebody like that, it just means so much more. So 
I love to always apply that. I love to always apply that part of scripture when it comes to the Queen of Sheba and her visit to King Solomon as a good application of how people should react to our business once they see how well it is run, once they see how well people talk about it. And if you notice in that scripture, Queen Sheba even recognized how well he treated his staff, how well he treated his officials, like how how good, how much good food they ate. The same way as you, if you have people in your business helping you, like they are, are a reflection of the results of your business because they're going to take on, you're trusting them with a part of your business. And the way that you treat them is going to be the way they treat a, a part of your business. So the fact that Queen Nasheba realized how well everybody was treated she can see why the king the kingdom itself was just so fruitful so so that actually brings me to the end of the five reasons how and why you should run your business like king solomon ran his kingdom so i hope you enjoyed yet another biblical business strategy taken right from the stories of real people from the bible so if you love this episode please once again share this with someone else who would love it as well remember to rate this podcast and leave a comment on what you loved about this episode in the comment section god bless you Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this episode. I pray for nothing but success and new opportunities and income when it comes to your business. I pray that your business really makes an impact on somebody else's life. And I pray that that impact is spoken out loud so other people are aware of your business or your service or your product as well. Thank you once again. God bless and have a good rest of your day. Do you feel that? That heat? That fuel? Girl, that's that faith fuel. And I pray you use the fuel and lessons learned today in this episode and apply them to your personal life and business journey. Feel free to screenshot this episode and share a business lesson you learned and will now be incorporating in your business. Don't forget to tag me, okay, at The Marketing Profit so I'm notified and we can talk more about how you're going to apply those lessons to your business strategy in the DMs. It would also mean so much to me to reach all the faith-based entrepreneurs who want to infuse God within their business journey. But in order to do that, I need your help to get the word out. I would love if you'd comment, rate, and subscribe to this podcast in order to help me reach those girls and share these biblical business strategies. Let them know what they're missing. Okay, don't tell them I can turn water into wine, but let them know I can turn scriptures and stories into applicable and action-packed business strategies. Thank you so much, Faith Field friend, and I will talk to you in my next episode. Have a blessed day.